So our Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book, is currently out at bluerosemag.com. It is $19.99, so get your copy today as supplies are very limited and will be running out very soon. So if you haven't got your copy today, go to bluerosemag.com today. Welcome to this week's edition of Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Brian Kazowska, and beside me as always... Ben Durant. Hello, Ben. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you doing? And what you hear in the background is Francine, who we had on the show a couple weeks back. Yeah, Francine, the lucid dream. She is uh, with The Pink Room in New York. Yep. And she's got an event coming up uh, this weekend. And... Yeah, the fifth annual Miss T- uh, Miss Twin Peaks pageant. It's going to be at Joe's Pub in New York City, January thirtieth at eleven p.m. That's this weekend. Um, you heard her just before the show, but we just want to really hammer it home. You should check this out. It's not to be missed, and we're going to miss it. But hopefully, we'll get to see it maybe next year. Yeah, I mean, I think the thinking was, I mean, you couldn't come into that other event that I had, the uh, the Keys uh, Unlocked Doors event. Yeah. And I'd like you to be able to come to these events once you have seen yeah. the movie and stuff. We, so I don't want to have anything ruined by right. mistake. Yeah, so next yeah. year, we'll, we'll, we'll try to see what plan yeah. to do it. Yeah, so, uh, so. so we got a big, uh, big show today. Um, ben, this is such a big show. I know we teased it a little bit last week during our X-Files show, which I hope everybody loved. Yeah. I, we loved making it. Um, and this week's show is just a humdinger. <laughs> <laughs> it is awesome. It's awesome. Michael Horst, I yes. can't wait. So oh we, should get right, we should get right into the interview. Yes. Um, there's no need to introduce him. You know what he's done. You know who he is. He's Hawk from Twin Peaks. I know. And... Wow, it was so exciting to talk to him. Yeah, I mean, he's, what a life yeah. he! I mean, he, he, I mean, he, he's an artist. I mean, he, he's done so much. Everything. Like, yeah, stuntman. Right? He's an actor, musician. I mean, an all-around nice guy. Yeah, amazing guy, funny guy, a really nice oh. guy. And you and know, he's, he's got a movie he's working on right now. Is it, uh, is it Dead Ant? Dead Ant. Yeah. And um, there are some, some little hints of. Twin Peaks season three talk. Yes. Don't want to ruin it. Just listen. If you, you're going to be glued because there is morsels of Twin Peaks season three scattered about this interview, can't which wait. got us excited. Yes. Yeah, and he obviously can't talk much about it. Right. So we, whatever he said, it was like, oh my god. Yes, I was. I was exciting. on the edge of my seat. I was like, <laughs> uh, I want to watch it now. I mean, I know. And, and you know, it was recently that we found out uh, they had. Uh, well, we kind of showtime. Knew, showtime. Yeah. We kind of already know, knew that it was going to be 2017, but they confirmed it. They Finally. Did confirmed it that it was going to be early 2017. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think what else was there. There wasn't much to go on. I, oh. Halfway done with production. Yes. David Lynch is halfway done. So then, you know, they still have to finish the uh, filming of it. And after they're filming, that's when they start editing and they'll figure out how many episodes. But it's great to hear that, like, they've got a lot. They they showed 25 minutes to the president of Showtime. That's cool. And it was raw footage, but it's still to be able to see this. And he's loving it. He's excited. Yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, it's always great to hear someone else's reaction. And I know he's the president of Showtime, and we could all say, well, he's what else is he going to say? He didn't have to say anything, but it's very exciting. So without further ado, I guess we'll go right into it. Um, enjoy our interview with uh, Michael Horse. We're, we're on the phone right now with Michael Horse. He, he's an actor, stuntman, sculpture, painter, activist, uh, musician, voice work. How are you, Michael? Oh, I'm wonderful. And shout out to all the Twin Peaks fans. You know, they're the greatest fans. You know, they'll, 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 uh, you know, I'll be walking down the street, we'll go to the movies or something, and my wife goes, you know, those those young people are following you. I go, can I help you? And they go, are you the hawk? And I go, yeah. And they just, you know, they have a big smile on the oh. face. My wife thinks it's so funny. It is something. You know, but, awesome. but Twin, Twin Peaks fans are great. Yeah. They're great. And I was going to start... And to all those people out there wondering if the, if the, if the, the, the new series is going to be good, yes. I mean, uh, we're all being very secretive about it. But, you know, I thought with all this good, it's been the best television in the last 10 years I've ever mm. seen. Uh, you know, Fargo's wonderful, oh, yeah. and and, uh, and uh, True Detectives was probably one of the best things I've ever seen, and Game of Thrones. And Great stuff. I thought, you know, will the fans be disappointed? You know, about three days into doing it, I went, no, no, they won't. You know, uh, there's nobody like David. No. You know, and, and, yeah, and, and, and he, as, an art, as an artist, you know, it's... You know, he changed the face of television. I mean, he he made so many things possible, mm. David did. And shout-outs to Mark, too, you know. Yeah. But uh, he opened so many doors and so many things. Of, you know, people people now are, are, are learning, you know, uh, what influence Twin Peaks had on people's shots and their their subject matter, their lighting, mm. their pace. Oh, yeah. You know? I, yeah even I, David, Dave, David Chase said about uh, doing The Sopranos, he said he was really influenced by Twin Peaks. Totally cool. Yeah, both uh, Brian. So Brian has not finished Twin Peaks. Just to let you know, he's he just got done with the Twin Peaks mystery and we're yeah. uh, moving forward. So he hasn't seen Firewalk with me. Just to give you, let you know that but I'm on the the journey. <laughs> I'm <laughs> brand new to the journey of Twin Peaks. But <clears throat> so many so many people are. So, you know, there's been more fans than there ever yeah. was. You yeah. Know? From people being able to, I, I, I think the thing is, you actually have to see Twin Peaks at least four or five episodes at a time to mm. really. You know, because it is so different, and even going back and watching it, the pacing is still different than anything that's on television. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. And I saw it from day one when it first aired, and I actually uh, both both Brian and I have some media background. We do audiovisual stuff, and I actually think I fell in love with film through Twin Peaks. It was David Lynch's work that I was like, "Wow, I love the style of film," and 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 that was my first introduction to to David Lynch was Twin Peaks, and it, it's it's unbelievable. It really is. And he's the kindest. He's the kindest, sweetest man. He's just, he's just wonderful. You know, he's, he's kind of like Jimmy Stewart with Salvador Dali's intestines. You know, <laughs> he'll go. That was, that was keen what you did in this scene. But this time, you get naked and bark like a dog. You know, <laughs> but we all love him so much. And and you know, I didn't know how the new cast would be. And everybody was so. Kyle was so kind and so excited to see everybody. And it's just, it, it's, it's wonderful. And there's all kinds of new little hip kids that are going to be in it. So awesome. I'm just and. and I have some. I have some great things. They were very generous with what I have to do in it, and, and I'm pretty excited. About yeah, it. and you were you were recently on the the new Twin Peaks promo for Showtime, and yes. like, oh, you were so good, and it was like I got shivers, and it was like it, I felt like the mystery really what was alive. It was amazing. Location sometimes becomes a character. There's a lot of holy places up here, a lot of sacred places. I can't put my finger on how I wouldn't describe it. 
it just touches something in the psyche. It's almost like being in a moving painting. I don't like to be interviewed, and I'm just sitting around with nothing to do, and they say, well, you talk to these guys, you know, and I, I want to be nice to them. So I wasn't, you know, trying to be deep or anything. I was just telling them how I feel. Wow. You know, and, and uh, you know, I'm the most, I live in the Berkeley area. I'm the most unnew age guy mm. in all of Berkeley, you know. But, yeah, yeah. there's 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 holy there's holy places yeah. up there you know you really and, set the mood i mean you really get, i mean yeah. it's just, we visually see the trees and the, and the and the and the fog yeah. but then, then to have your voice in there and talking about that atmosphere and oh it was so good i mean i'm well, so well as a, you know as a student of film and as an artist you know it's, it it is location becomes a character i mean what what john ford did in the old movies with mm. monument valley and the movie whale rider i mean you know the the all the the uh the the locations there and and uh, um uh, lord of the rings and mm. all that you know location location becomes an important character yeah. in, in in some films totally so I'd love to talk about your work. I mean, you're an artist. I mean, uh, you do uh, you do jewelry. You do this thing called ledger art. I'd love you to talk about your work and, and share with us what you, you do. Well, I was an artist way before I got it. I got into films all by accident, you know. I, uh, mm. But uh, I'm, a, I'm a jeweler, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, uh, part yaki, and, you know, I also, you know, I learned from my uncles, and I was doing jewelry ever since I was a, a little guy, you know. But I used to work for some of the museums, and I worked for the Museum of the American Indian in New York. And <laughs> don't leave, don't leave me in a museum because I'm going to go through everything you got. <laughs> and I went through their paper archives, and I saw this kind of—it's a plains form of art. It's called ledger art. And <laughs> we used to paint on hides. That was our history book. <laughs> uh, our calendar, you know, there was what was called a winter count, which would be a buffalo hide with all these little pictures of things. It would remind, where you know, we're a, a, an oral society, but it would remind the oral the uh, storytellers of things that would happen, and we could roll it up and take it with us. So, but on the reservation period, late 1800s, early 1900s, you know, the buffalo are they're disappearing. We started to get a hold of pieces of scrap paper, mostly pages of uh, out of the ledger books that brought mm. things and took records of things were brought to the reservation and forts but old bibles love letters and i i brought this there was about four or five of us that actually brought this art form back and i i paint on all the original documents Wow. And it's done, and most of it was done in, in crayon, colored pencil, but mm. I, I paint in the Kiowa Comanche style, which is more like a pen and ink and watercolor. But wow. if people can Google it, it's a really interesting, interesting art form, you know. And, and uh, yeah. it's actually my my history from my point of view. I mean, I've seen the, the battle hides and the Muslim paintings of the Battle of Little Bighorn, you know, that actually... You know how the, the, the Lakota and the Cheyenne, you know, wrote it down, actually, what happened, but mm. it's... Uh, a pretty interesting art form, you know. Yeah, and, uh, and you could find, I mean, for people interested in, in, in checking out your work, uh, gatheringtribes.com. Yeah, you, you yeah, have your work yeah, they there. get on Gathering Tribes. And, yeah, and, and, and yeah. there's a really cool uh, uh, ledger art that you have. It's the last breath of the black snake. And it's like, it's, oh. do you want to talk about that? or? Yeah, yeah, you know, my wife is a, is a big-time uh, uh, rights and nature native mm. activist, you know. And the... Uh, the tar sands up there, you know, is, is, you know, just, it's just, you know, you they want to dig up the most, 
dirty, you know, fossil fuel they right, possibly the can. Right, pipeline there. Is, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, but the indigenous people call the pipe that they want to bring down across, you know, the, the Ogallala Aquifer, which is the water source for most of the Midwest, mm. they call the black snake. So there was an alliance between uh, native and non-native ranchers and farmers that uh, were going to D.C. to protest the uh, the pipeline. And Winona LaDuke, who's a very famous Native activist, um, she actually ran for vice president with, with Ralph Nader at one time. Mm. She she called me up and asked me what I do, the poster. So that's uh, that's the poster that I did. You yeah. know, I, I donate. Everything goes towards uh, Winona LaDuke's organization. Yes. You know? yeah, everybody... I've done a lot of posters for, for, for Native people. I'm on the board of the Native American uh, Film Institute and Film Festival in San Francisco, which is the oldest and I've done three or four of the uh, the posters in my ledger style for for the for the film festival. Yeah, I really like I really like the the last breath of the black snake because you ha- you have these Native Americans and you have the uh, the cowboys and they're all attacking this snake, which is the pipeline. Yeah. And it's like, but it's yeah. I love the idea that they're coming together to stop yeah. this this horrendous thing. And 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 the colors you use and the style that you have is is really something else. I really like. Yeah, that that's work. a very traditional. I copied. I just copied the old one. It's a very traditional style. I mean, that style is something I didn't come up with. It's it's from, you know, some 35 years of studying and, and copying the old ones, you know? Yeah. And when it comes to your jewelry, I mean, you have a lot of beautiful jewelry. You have this... Um amulet dragonfly that is really really beautiful and uh can you tell us about that how did you put that oh together? yeah that's an amazing uh ammonite is fossilized uh prehistoric snail shell huh. and it's just beautiful it looks like opals and it only comes from one place up in uh, southern alberta with the blackfoot reservation i was filming i did uh uh, an episode of the TV show Hell on Wheels about the huh. the, the railroads, which is really interesting. It's the true history of one of the, yeah. one of the first of the real evil corporations. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and and I, I I was hanging with the with the, the Blackfeet people up there, and one of the guys came up to me and he said, "Look, you know, look, have you seen this?" And I went, "No, what is that?" And he told me. So he comes down here and he brings it to me, and it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful stone. You know. Wow. Is something else, and this is something. I mean, I think you mentioned this before that you know your family had done jewel jewelry, and you've learned from other uh, native artists how to do this type of work, right? Yeah. Oh, I've been doing it for forty-five years. Wow. You know, and some of my tools or family tools have been handed down, and you know, over the years to me, and and uh, you know, it's I'm trying to teach my daughter now how to do it. Oh, you know, but it's something? it's it's my favorite thing to do. I stumbled into the movies all by accident. Yeah. I, you know, I, I was kind of a makeshift. I wasn't really a, a professional stunt guy, but I did a lot of horse work and stuff. Huh. And I was I was actually renting my studio from an agent in Malibu. In 1980, they were doing the remake of The Lone Ranger. Terrible film. <laughs> she comes to me and she says, you want to be Tano in The Lone Ranger? And I went, no. I said, lady, I'm you know, I'm an American Indian Movement member. That's kind of the step and fetch story. And I knew Jay Silverheels, and he was wonderful, even with that that stoic role, you know, he was one of the, you know, he had such a dignity behind him. We all loved him in the community. But I said, no, I don't want to do it. And then she's, you know, she told me how much they were going to pay me. And I went, Oh, okay. So I went down (laughs) and I talked to, I talked to the director and, and, uh, I said, you know, you sent Tano to town one time. There's going to be more native people on your lawn than Custer saw. And they hired me. Terrible film. And it gave me a great lesson. That, you know, it didn't take me long to 
to figure out that it's only going to be as good as it's written. But it was so funny. I said, you know, one day they're going to do a remake of this. They're going to get this beautiful full blood guy off the reservation. And I'm going to be known as the guy that did the crappy one my whole life, which you got to live with. And I'm a huge Johnny Depp fan. Yeah. But the creator, the creator looked down and he goes, I'm going to make this worse than the one you did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know what they were thinking. I, you know, I'm a huge, yeah, <laughs> me too, but fan, but no, you know, but the, the the creator was very kind to me and goes, yeah, yeah you know, I'm gonna fix this up for you, Michael. You know, that's great. So your first project with David Lynch was a, a short film, uh, a David Lynch film called The Cowboy and the Frenchman, which was in 1988. Can you tell us a little bit yeah, about with, that? With Harry, with Harry Dean, which I've known for years, and every time I run into him, he acts like he never met me before. <laughs> I was talking to, to Grace Sabrinsky, and she goes. Look, don't don't take it you know, personally. He does the same thing with me. But yeah, it was a very very uh, uh, it, it it was uh, it, it, it was a nice experience. Yeah. And I told him, you know, if you're ever going to do anything else, you call me. You know, he yeah. actually told me. He says, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of doing a series. And I said, you know, for for cable. He goes, no, for for network TV. And I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, he called me when that happened. And that was know? Twin Peaks, right? I mean, that's. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. And, and so, yeah. and what was your first impressions of David? I mean, I think he's he's a different director than probably any, any other oh, director than, that you've ever had. Bro. Than anybody. Working yeah. uh, with David again, you know, I realize that there's nobody like him. You know, I am just so honored to be a part of his artistic vision, mm. you know. I mean... He, he, you know, you're just, uh, you're just along, uh, you know, as, as he paints this image that he has, you know, um, yeah, uh, something else. And, and when, when it came, yeah. when it came to the cowboy and the Frenchman, I think it was only a two day shoot. It was a, it was a very short shoot that, um, yeah. and, and I think Frank Silva had said in an interview that it was probably only five, 10 minutes long and David Lynch turned it into a 22 minute film. Did, did you have a full yeah. script? Yeah. Or, did you have a full script or was it something that David Lynch was kind of working as he went along or? Yeah. He just kind of worked as he went along. And I love that. I mean, I I think he calls it happy accidents, which to me, that's like the best way of being an artist is that things just happen and you go with it. And I love that style of the way he thinks. And Oh yeah. It's a very organic process. You know, all those characters, when we were first doing it, we didn't, you know, we didn't know where any of this was going, you know, and, you know, as far as like, you know, a lot of the the native roles, you know, they're getting a lot better, but you know, they're so, you know, they're, they're so poorly written and, you know, and they're, it's either, you know, like Last of the Mohegans or Thunderheart and nothing about, you know, the real insight into the, the, the multiple, multiple personalities of, of the native community. Mm. And the Hawk was a wonderful character. You know, he, he did away with some stereotypes, held some mirrors up to others. He had mm. a sense of humor, you know, and, 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 uh, uh, if I ever done anything in my career, that's something I can really, really be proud of. Yeah, there were so many great uh, scenes with Hawk. I mean, he, he he talked about reciting a poem that he wrote for his girlfriend. He tells Cooper and Truman, yeah. good things you guys can't keep a secret. I mean, that was like... Amazing, yeah. yep. and then and then that. Well, that, I think that's one of the reasons that I'm back on it. Hawk <laughs> is kind of the anchor. Everything yeah. kind of goes goes past past Hawk, and you know, yeah, Hawk is the is. Kind of the 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 thing that holds everything down. He's a superhero. He's kind of a superhero. I mean, yeah. he, I mean, he got things. To, he, he always could track every. He could track everybody. Yep. Figure it all out. He could protect everybody. And then he was also a very spiritual person, and he knew a lot about 
the uh, culture and everything that was going around. You, you, uh, Hawk yeah. had the answers for everything. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. You, you, well, you know, uh, you know, indigenous people. We understand, you know, what what the what the Asians call the yin and yang and things. You know, we understand that. Uh, you know, and and you know, for years, you know, you know, Aboriginal science, we said all things are alive. And what? Yeah, they. Mm. You know, people went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, the rocks are alive. Mm. But we knew the existence of the atom. Wow. We knew that we knew the molecules of water. We knew these things, you know. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's not, uh, it's it's you know, it's not a new age thing. It's something that you know the the the, the essence of, of of evil we understand. You know? Right. And and do you have a favorite scene from Twin Peaks? <sighs> yeah. Um. I think the scene where where Cooper's throwing the rocks at the bottles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was actually kind of funny because they said, here, put these oven mitts on. And I'm going, what is this? You know, me, me, and, me and Everett were really funny. We kept asking. I love Everett, dear. And I see yeah. him all the time when I go to the Arizona. I go, Everett, man, can you, you know, what is this? He went, I don't know, you know. And and they said, uh, we just wanted to see you with oven mitts, you know. And I went to pick up the, the oh. he said, no, pick pick up the pot like this. And I went, oh, it's Kung Fu. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. great. But I, I dearly miss Jack because Jack yeah. understood everything. I would have to ask Jack, Jack, what are you seeing in this? And everything made sense through Jack's eyes. Oh, yeah. And and yeah. and Jack Nance, uh, you, you and Jack Nance uh, shared the same agent, right? I mean, so you guys. Oh know- yeah, we we my my first agent. You know, like I said, I was running my art studio. I, I wasn't really an actor, you know, and and, uh, and uh, she handled me. Jack and Viva used to be one of Warhol's actresses, you know. Mm. Isn't that and so- one of my favorite one of my favorite possessions is I asked Jack, I, I you know, way before I, I I did anything with David, I said, look, Jack, I'm an artist. I'm a pretty out there guy. What the hell did 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 Eraserhead mean? You know, <laughs> so I have a uh, I have a picture of him from Eraserhead, and he says, "Figure it out yet, love Jack." Oh, that's great. I mean, that's <laughs> and and that's kind of like Lynch in some ways. David Lynch really didn't want to tell you stuff. It's like yeah. you, you, it's about your interpretation and what you think it means to you. And I think that's what great artistry is. Is like you don't have to explain yeah. it and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, you don't get it. You don't get a chance, especially in television, especially as the native actor to do art that often. Mm. So, you know, if something like that comes around, uh, you know, it's uh, you really have to have to cherish it. So. Yeah. And uh, going back to The Cowboy and the Frenchman, I think I'm talking about because I don't think a lot of people know about this film. But, I just you know, watched it. Uh, yeah, you, this is the first time you've heard about it. Yep. But Jack Nance uh, was in it. He played a cowboy. Catherine, <coughs> Catherine Coulson uh, was the camera assistant oh, for, cool. for, for the film. Frank Silva was the set decorator. So all these different people would go on to be part of Twin Peaks. Peaks. And, That's cool. And did you work with them? Did you, did you have, did you, were you social? Did you really hang out with these people? Outside of uh, no, 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 I had no idea. I was just kind of looking at all this going, okay, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the big dance numbers, the musical numbers in it were just fascinating. Yeah, and the guy that was the guy that was in it, the, the French guy, I guess he he was a fairly well known French uh, uh, actor. Hmm. But you played Broken yeah. Feather, and I think there are stereotypes of of Americans and. Of the French, and I think it's silly yeah. and it's yeah. great. But you had some of the best lines. In- Track him for ten days. Was curious. Him kept tossing out snails. Scared me. 
scared me. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love the idea that it scared him to see these snails being tossed out. I mean, yeah. that was clear. I mean, I thought you did a great I job. I don't even. I don't. I, I don't. I hear that the French didn't quite get it. Oh. You know? <laughs> Nobody got. But it was funny. It yeah. was really it was funny. Really fun stuff. Yeah. So, so going to X Files. What was your experience like uh, on on that show? Oh, again, I'm a big, big fan, and and uh, and and a big fan of Chris Carter's. You know, uh, again, real, real, real big. You know, it seems to be that people. That's one of the reasons that I think that the Twin Peaks lost its way because it, you know, it, you know, wasn't hands on with David. He went mm. off to do other things. And, right. uh, and one of the reasons that X Files was so successful was Chris Carter had his hands in everything. Yeah. And the, the one episode that I did is got Chris Carter uses that, and that's one of the one of the few actual real cases hmm. in the in the FBI files. Oh, but wow. he says his fa- his favorite line in all the X Files is when the FBI go in the Indian bar, and the old guy in the back goes, "Go home, FBI." <laughs> <laughs> but I'll oh. tell you a really funny story when when the company played uh, the transvestite FBI agent. Yeah, right? Denise, you know? right. Yeah, so you know the crew's kind of looking at him, you know, and and, and you know, and, and I'm, I'm hanging with him, man, and I'm a big, big fan, and I got my arm around him, so I have pictures taken with him, you know. Mm, yeah. So when I when I did X Files, you know, I'm in the makeup truck, and I go, you know, I used to date David's sister, and they go, you know, <laughs> sister. So I show them the picture, and I said, you guys can keep this. So David comes in, figures <laughs> makeup, and they go, yeah, Michael says he used to date your sister, and he goes. Me, you idiot! Uh, we, don't, we, don't, we, wanna, we didn't want to say anything. Like, you're not the most attractive woman. You know? <laughs> uh, but I, again, I have such I have such a, a, a admiration for the talent of Duchovny. I mean, you know, Californication was was amazing. Mm. Yeah, he's yeah. such a talented guy. I mean, he, he's directed, he writes, oh, he's, he's so currently smart. singing and stuff. I mean, yeah. he's got his album. Yeah, he's so smart and he's so kind. That's which what is I heard, a combination yeah. you don't combination you don't see that often. Yeah, I've worked with a lot of really smart guys, but uh, you know some of them are not the nicest people. Which mm. is, you know, artists are you know they're sometimes they're you know they're just that way because they know what they want to do. But uh, yeah, the Co- the and and both the Covney and Lynch have both. You know, and I keep forgetting that David Bowie was in in. Uh, Yes, I haven't gotten to yeah. that part yeah, yet. Yeah, Brian hasn't gotten <laughs> to Firewalk with me, but yeah, I mean, right, David Bowie yeah. is another uh, amazing actor. I know he's in it. Well, yeah. Off the air, we, you had mentioned you you had hoped that David Duchovny would come back to Twin Peaks and yeah. stuff, and I know, yeah. I know that he's uh, David Duchovny is saying he would love to come back, and I think he'd be ready and willing and stuff. So I, we're, we're hoping that he comes yes. back. Yes, fingers crossed. Yeah. Denise, make a comeback. Yeah. So you brought up yeah, fire, I, yeah. You brought up Firewalk with me, and I'll try to skirt around it because Brian has no idea what time period it is. He does. He knows nothing about. I'm getting there. But I will say, so <clears throat> unfortunately, your part was cut from the original theatrical release. Yeah, well, like everything David did, you know, just like you know the new Twin Peaks. You know, they said, well, you can do this, and then like you know, he hands them like you know like uh, huge script. You know, David David likes to really do a lot so you know he had a four-hour movie so he said he, he called me and he said i'm so sorry michael but i'm gonna have to cut the part that you did mm. you and and, uh, and andy did and i said well thanks for calling me right. you know so i've done things where i've gone to see it and they go where am i you know yeah i said a lot of times people don't even bother to call you know right that's probably unheard of i mean a lot of times right it just yeah. it just cut it out but yeah we, but we, that's what that's what kind of a guy he is you wow. know 
we're so fortunate that, you know, it wasn't that long ago that the Blu-ray of Twin Peaks was released and they had the missing pieces. Yeah. And we actually get to see your performance uh, of, of the cut scene. And I'm, I'm so excited. I've waited over 20 years to see this. So it, I was so happy to see your part in, in Firewalk. I don't even remember it. I don't even remember what I did in it, you know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there, there's some dialogue between Andy and Truman and stuff like yeah. that. And, 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 and well, sometimes... I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys, when, when you see, when you see uh, Andy and Lucy in this one, you're just going to, you know, you're going to bust up. They're better than they ever were. You oh, know? I can't wait! Man. Oh, I'm excited! I'm getting so excited and stuff. Oh. Yeah, the fans, fans are they're 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 really they're you know they're 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 not going to be disappointed. Like I said, you know, a couple of days into it, I'm going, oh God, I wonder if this is you know have the same you know. And I was looking at Mark and looking at him like, nah, this is gonna you know. He he nodded at me, yeah. Ah, uh, <laughs> I can't wait. So yeah. Um, so is there anything you want to share with us, uh, some other stuff, uh, work you're doing or, um, well, I, I just, I just finished this film, you know, my agent called me and says, I have this little film for you and they don't have a lot of money. And I said, ah, send me the script. And it's, it is probably one of the all time classic B movies. It's called Dead Ant. I mean, people huh. can Google it and see. Dead Ant? And it's yeah. a cross, it, yeah, it's a cross between the 50s sci-fi film, Them, about giant ants. <laughs> Final Tap and Road Warrior. Wow! And it's got me and Tom Arnold and <laughs> and uh, 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 one of the guys from uh, from the Entourage and uh, one of the girls in the L Word and a wonderful little person named Danny Bowen that's been in everything. But mm. it's about it's about a '70s hair band group that had one hit. They had a power ballad back in the '70s, and there's all kinds of jokes about how wussy a power ballad is. <laughs> and they're they're. They're, they're called, they've changed their name like 19 times, and they're back to their original name, Sonic Grave. Mm-hmm. So they're headed out to the uh, the Joshua Tree Music Festival, and uh, they hear that there's an old guy out on the res that has some peyote, so they go out there and they say, we want to buy some, and the old guy goes, no. And they go, please, <laughs> please, and they go, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll sell you some of this, but you have to respect it. You have to, to go out and pray with it, and if you harm anything on this sacred land, you know, there's a curse that goes with it. And it went, yeah, yeah. Well, they they screw with these ants, and they just, you know, they they come at them. They keep getting bigger and bigger. But it's just, I mean, it it's it's probably one of the funniest films I have ever read. So awesome. I'm I'm really excited to, to to see how it comes out. And again, it was a, a an ensemble piece, and and uh, Sean Astin's in it. Wow, cool! You know, and, and everybody, awesome. everybody did, everybody did it for next to nothing. And wow. I'm going, you know, you know, why did they do this? And when I read the script, I went, oh, this is why, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, uh, you know, a, in my stage in my career, it's not, I'm kind of retired. You know, mm. uh, I, I tell my agent three things: is it is it art? Yeah. Is it pay extremely well, or is it funny? Usually, none <laughs> of the three. You know. <laughs> I've been doing, I'm doing these sci-fi films. I'm now the old elder that I've always signed all the sci-fi films that goes, don't dig there. <laughs> oh, no. My, oh. Yeah, there's always that old guy goes, yeah. don't, don't dig in the sacred place. You're not going to like it. My wife goes, do they ever listen to that old guy? No, they never listen. Oh. You know? <laughs> so how did you, how did you find out about the, uh, Twin Peaks coming back? Well, you know, everybody was, there was a rumor, and I thought it would never come back. Mm. I really did. I thought it was like James Dean, and I didn't even know if it should come back. Yeah. You know, if it had, you know, if, if you can, if something like that, if you can give it a second life. And then I heard it was coming back, and everybody was asking me, are you going to be in it? Are you going to be in it? And I went, 
nobody's called me. Oh. And, uh, and David called me from Paris. He was over there doing his art show. And he said, hey, buddy. It was a, like talking to somebody out of a 50s sitcom. He goes, hey, buddy, we're getting the gang back together. <laughs> I said, awesome. you got something for me? He goes, yeah, I got something oh, for you. you know? so oh. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really happy with what, what they gave me to do. You know? Yeah. Oh, we can't wait. We're so excited. And, uh, and like I said, just seeing, the, just seeing that promo of you. Yeah, it, it, it was made, really cool. It was something else. It's like I, yeah. I just have to keep playing it over and over again. Uh-huh. It's, it's something else. Well, I was. You know, I'm, I, when I was filming, you know, Mark said, "Have you seen this promo?" No, nah, I haven't seen it. Man, everybody had seen it but me. You know, yeah. And I, yeah. <laughs> I finally saw it. I went, "Wow!" But that's when I do my best work. Is when I, you know, I don't, I don't like to have my picture taken. Mm. You know, you think, you know, I, I consider myself a fairly decent looking guy, and I've had these great photographers take a picture of me, and I look like I gotta go to the bathroom. You know. <laughs> if, if, if you sneak up on me, or I don't think that it's important, is when I shoot, you know, so I'm talking to the two guys from Showtime. You know, I'm thinking, well, they're not going to use this. And then, you know, they, they finally used it. But, you know, the things I said were, were sincere. I think mm. that's the reason that it worked, you know. Yeah. It's nice to hear that it actually was was sincere. Like, you watch it sometimes, it's like, is is this a script? Did you, did somebody give you a page and say say this? But it's it's nice to hear that this is just coming from the heart, which it felt it felt like it was coming from the heart. But it's nice to hear yeah, you said, you know, that. Yeah, they said, you know, I just got filming, and they said, you know, go talk to these guys before you get under and they said, you know, hey, what do you think of this? And I'm going, hey, you know, you know this and this and this. And, mm. you know, and I hadn't been up there in a long time. And I'm looking, you know, I'm looking out at these things. You know, you can feel, you know, especially, yeah. you know, especially in Washington. Mm. And, you know, there's, 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 there's stuff going on up there, you know. Yeah. And when you get two things, mountains and rivers <laughs> have personalities, yeah. you know, to them. So, you know, I was being, you know, quite sincere in the, you know. And I realized again, and I went, oh, yeah, I remember what also made Twin Peaks was, you know, was the location. Yeah, yep. totally. And you you, you have friends in, in, in Washington, don't you? You have uh, people that you that you socialize with? Or you used oh, to, yeah, I yeah. got friends. You know, <laughs> being a native person, you know everybody, mm. you know? <laughs> so I think I saw, you know, know. I, I read in Re- Reflections of Brad Duke's uh, book about how... Uh, how the censors this is when twin peaks was on the censors were saying oh can he do that can you know is can can, can we have hawk do that and it's like we have michael horace here i mean like yeah he's, he's the best person to oh yeah yeah they the would community. they would go well <laughs> and people you know it's really interesting because native people we're the one one ethnic group of people they're just terrified of offending mm. you know uh and and then I heard later, I was talking to Harley, Harley Payton, he goes, oh, no, you don't even know half the, half the stuff, you know, and I'm going, God, we didn't even do anything out of, out of sensory, you know, but <laughs> people would go, you, can, you can't say that, and they go, well, you know, you bring me the elder in that, that tells me I can't do it, and I'm not right. going to do it, and I've, I refuse to do things, like the movie The Big Ant thing, you know, they were going to put a war bonner on me, and I said, I can't mm. do that, Right. I said, that's, you know, that's, that's an honor for, for veterans and holy people. I said, I, I can't do that in the film, you know? And they said, well, we really want you to do it. I said, it's not going to happen. Good for you, for, you, know? you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to do what yeah. you got to do and stuff. And I, I have to say that, you yeah. know, Hawk had such a great sense of humor and he was just, I mean, he's such a wonderful character, but I feel like there's so much of you in some ways. I mean, you have such a great personality. And now uh, I think I've seen on uh, gathering, uh, uh, GatheringTribes.com that you work with... Uh, inner city and uh, royal native youth is that true that you were oh yeah, yeah yeah i've been a, i've been a youth worker ever since you know for for a long long time wow. you know, I, 
we do everything from outward bound to 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 uh, you know programs about about diet. You know the the juvenile diabetes is is huge on the reservation now mm. because of fast food and and sugar and you know so you know we're we're, we're trying to talk to kids and a long time ago you know I had I you know my my stepdad read me you know he knew a lot of guys on the on the police force you know and when they started to see a lot of the, uh, the indigenous kids that would start running with the gangs you know because hmm. you know that's the one thing about television you know and you, you're 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 a person that you're you're a brown person and the only people we could see for a long time that looked like us were were drug dealers and gang kids uh, you know it's changing now it's yeah. changing a lot but, but you know you know you don't see that uh you know, you look at that big uh, mirror of society television, you don't see yourself, you don't think you belong. So, you know, I, I got involved a long, long time ago trying to, 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 you know, help, you know, Native native kids, you know. Yeah, that's wonderful that, you, that you're inspiring these uh, these young people about art. Yeah, and well. I don't consider myself a role model of, oh, of any, you know, of any ways. I'm just trying to, you know, to just show them some... Some things that uh, you know, some other options that they haven't seen before. You know. Yeah, that's wonderful. And would you tell me a little about Gathering Tribes? Uh, uh, oh, my wife has had that gallery for for twenty years. Wow. It's, you know, it's it, you know, and, and and she's a she's a, a part Native person herself, and mm. a very traditional woman. And now she's like a major nature activist. I mean, it's it's an honor to be my wife's husband. <laughs> she did. You know, I was supposed to go over to COP with her. You know, she went over and she was she was with Casey Camp, uh, uh, who who is a big time native native activist, and 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 uh, she was over there with a lot of indigenous people. You know, hmm. uh, trying to make sure that they you know that they listen to the, the indigenous voices as far as dealing with climate change and the environment, which basically they didn't. Hmm. You know. Yeah. And uh, um, you know, so uh, but yeah, she's had that gallery for a long time. A lot of a lot of indigenous people come up and show in in, in the gallery. They like to come here. You know, a lot when when uh, when I we we first got together and I go back to Arizona and New Mexico, a lot of people go, oh, we want to come and show your gallery. And they go, oh, well, it's small and it's not as big as the galleries here. And they go, no, we used to live in Oakland. You know, there was a big relocation program in uh, in the fifties, so a lot of people. Uh, Native people came from Arizona and New Mexico, and you know, to to go to Los Angeles uh, to work in the air, aircraft industry, and mm. up in the Bay Area to work in the railroad and shipyards. So mm. a lot of a uh, lot of Native people, and and the whole one of the the, the birthplaces of, of the American Indian movement is you know is in the Bay Area, Alcatraz, mm. and wow. you know that that whole area up here. There's a place called the. Uh, 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 the American Indian uh, uh, Friendship House, you know, that's been there for a long, long time, where a lot of early activism was started. You know, so there's a you know, there's a really huge uh, um, Native activist community here. Cool, that's something that's really awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. And it was really interesting. I, I grew up with the understanding of how important my culture was, so it made me fascinated by American. Culture, especially the music. So, I grew up what was called. You guys, sometimes you got a Google Border Radio. It was border a, radio. it came, yeah, Border Radio came out of out of Mexico and and Del Rio, Texas, and and uh, you know when everybody's listening to the Beach Boys and all that stuff, uh, Border Radio played Helen Wolf and Jimmy Reed and Sarah Vaughan and Billy Holiday and all this great rich. American cultural music. Huh. So yeah, I, I played with it. You know, I played with a lot of uh, 
a lot of early music groups and produced the music and you know and, and uh, so cool. That's know, something I, else. I, I yeah I I, uh, I just got tired of being on the road. You know. Yeah. I, I have a, I have a great love for the music. You know and cool. and a lot of. Uh, a lot of traditional music, you know, as I would travel, especially a lot of the old blues guys would tell me that, you know, when I'd go into Oklahoma and Louisiana and Alabama, you know, people like Old Folsom and stuff, they go, yeah, my, I, I have native blood and, you know, I grew up, you know, uh, you know, listening to a combination of traditional music and the blues. Hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. Well, before we go, I, maybe uh, we'll go back to Twin Peaks real quick in the sense that you were saying how maybe Twin Peaks would have lasted longer if we had David Lynch, uh, or, you know, at the at the head like like Chris Carter. Well, in this new series, we get that, right? We get uh, we get oh yeah, we he's, get David he's, Lynch. He's hands on. Yeah, that must be so yeah. exciting in some ways because I'm sure you worked with a lot of different directors on Twin Peaks. And, stuff, and to be yeah. able to have David Lynch doing all the episodes of the new series. <laughs> I mean, yes, yes. And, and Mark, too. I mean, Mark, Mark is, yes. you know, a, the combination between David and Mark is what, you know, I mean, you know, they, the combination of both of them. I have huge respect for Mark. You know? Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, something else. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. great yeah. stuff. But, so, yeah, that's what's good. That's what's going to make this what it is. Even David, you know, I mean, it's not my speculation. Even David said he should have stayed around. Hmm. You know, and they had wonderful directors. I have, you know, I have great, you know, there were, there were, you know, there were great, you know, Caleb Dashnell and 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 oh, Peter yeah. Rathborn and uh, great, great, uh, great artists. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, great, 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 great directors. You know, so you know, I I I don't begrudge any of that working with with these guys. It was different each time you were going to show up. You know. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's it's an honor. Oh, my my yeah. my pleasure. And you know, I apologize to all the Twin Peaks fans. You know, because people go, "Why aren't you on Twitter? Why aren't you on Facebook?" Because I'm, uh, you know, I'm a dinosaur. You're doing your own thing. Yeah, <laughs> we all got to do our own thing. <laughs> yep. Thank you again, Michael Horst, for being on the show. Really nice guy. Awesome. Something else. I can't wait to check out his stuff. The Dead Ant movie. Yeah, He's Dead out. Ant. Yeah. And uh, you know, for people who would be interested in checking out his artwork, you can go to gatheringtribes.com. Awesome You'll stuff. See, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Really cool. Everything, you know, stuff that, that we, we talked, talked about. about. Yeah, yeah, you actually see it. Um, I mean, us talking about it was cool, but you actually get to see what we're talking about. And you can really buy his cool. work. I mean, he's got, yeah. he's got prints that you can, you know, get. And, yeah, gatheringtribes.com. So I thought that we have a little bit more time. And, we, you know, you and I have been talking, Brian, about uh, at some point we're going to we're gonna go over all of David Lynch's work. At least that's our plan. Yeah, if, if, yeah. We, if we keep doing this for the next year or so, <laughs> yep. we're talking about plenty doing... Plenty of time. Yeah, plenty of time to talk about David Lynch's work. So because we were talking to Michael Horse about Cowboy and the Frenchman, I thought this might be a good time to talk about that short film. Perfect time. And you, my homework uh, was to watch it over the week, and I did. Um, and And what did you think? I quite enjoyed it. You know, it was... Not serious. It was silly. It was definitely a comedy. Yeah, yeah and and I laughed um, a couple times, especially when they're pulling out all the stereotypical French stuff out of the basket. Uh, French bread, it, pasta, and, sales, and, and, wine. And, and they have no idea what it is. They like they're yeah. just like, who is this guy? They they don't know he's a Frenchman. Yeah, they just say he like. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 hilarious. Stereotypes. It was really funny yeah, though. And the stereotypes on both sides. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh yeah. French maybe thinking how they think of uh, Americans and how maybe Americans think of the French. Yeah, and you know, 
they're cowboys and they're the man's man, and then all of a sudden they have these girls, and it's a, it's a it's a nineteen fifties hop and Elvis and Elvis, and like then they're partying, and then the girls are asking the French guy, "Can you speak French?" And like, yes. Ooh. Well, so the interesting too is the girls then start talking French as well. Yes. I mean, it's almost like they're they're meshing. I mean, their, their cultures are meshing together, which I think is a beautiful thing to be able to that all of a sudden they can speak it and everybody's understanding each other. Yeah, it's yeah, really cool. So, I, if you don't, can I give you some background on this? Yes, please. Okay, so this film is confusing too. <laughs> well, I'll just give you a background about the making of. Yeah. Um, so this film was made in in, in 1988. So it was a year or two before Twin Peaks was made. Wow. And so that's where, you know, Michael Horse first worked on this mm-hmm. before he actually worked on Twin Peaks. And Kathleen Coulson, was she on? She did camera, right? Uh, Not yeah. to jump ahead camera a little bit. Camera assistant, right. Yes, yes, camera assistant, yep. Right, and and so we had Jack Nance, who was uh, Pete M- Martell. Yeah. He was uh, he was a cowboy. We, yep. We had Catherine. We had... Uh, Frank Silva, who played Bob. He was... Um, uh, what, am I, he, he, what was he? I think he was art director. Oh my so, god, yeah. that's so, so funny. Uh, was that right? I'm, yeah, I think he, or production. Yeah, he was. Production well, he, he worked on the set. Yeah, yeah. But let me give you. Let me start from the beginning. So Blue Velvet has come out. It's mm-hmm. it's been very successful, and Lynch was approached uh, to do this. Uh, there's a TV show, and the, there's like this 10th anniversary of this uh, La Figaro magazine. And so they wanted to do this special. It would be like a, like a one program, TV program. And they, they, they reached out to some directors. And Lynch was one of six directors where they said, hey, could you make this short films called The French as Seen By? Mm. And so in Lynch's case, it would be The French as Seen By David, David Lynch. Lynch. And uh, I think David Lynch wasn't sure he wanted to do this. But then he he decided, okay, I could see how we could uh, play with uh, like stereotypes, where you know it won't be just how the French see uh, us; it mm. would be how maybe we see the French, and he could yeah. kind of play with that. So I think that that was pretty cool. And to give you then another person, um, Harry Dean St- Stanton, who played the lead cowboy uh, Slim. He that was the first time David Lynch worked with him, this actor. But he goes on to work with him many other times in other films. That's cool. And he will be in Twin Peaks at some later date. I won't. I won't get it. <laughs> Poor Brian. Brian and I talk, and he's like, "I don't know about this. I don't know about that." I, know. I feel like every week I'm saying to you, "Someday, Brian, you'll know about this." Someday you'll be so a real they, man yes, and uh, seen all of Twin Peaks like right. the rest of us. I always feel like this show will, it'll be a new life when we get to that point where you've seen everything and we can kind of like be on the same page. But anyways, yes. Dean uh, Harry Dean Stanton is in Twin Peaks in some form. And um, anyways, so they do this, uh, the special program was made, and um, Lynch was both to do, this is this is from Wrapped in Plastic, issue eight, Frank Silva, you know, aka mm-hmm. Bob, was set decorator, and uh, he says that, you know, it was only supposed to be about five or ten minutes long, I mean, because <laughs> I think it's supposed to be about an hour show, so you have six directors, and they get about ten minutes each. That's not much time. That's not a lot of time, and no. so Lynch, you know, Lynch did like twenty-five minutes or twenty-two minutes. He definitely yeah. went beyond what he was supposed to do, and they only had two days to to uh, actually shoot this so for two days, and it's not a lot of time. But Lynch, you know, he, he really enjoyed it, and he, I think, you can tell. Yeah, and he we talked about this. It. It's like happy accidents and things where you know he may have written something and then realized, hey, I want to now do this uh, sequence where we're having a party get together and they're singing and yeah, and they're. The nineteen fifties dancing and stuff. Did you not think about? I thought about when I saw that. I was like, 
wow, this is sort of like um, uh, Mohan Drive when yeah. they they superimpose them dancing with just the shadows. Right. And I'm like, I wonder if that could possibly be some footage they just superimposed because it was just black silhouettes of them dancing. I always feel like Lynch's films are like. I almost feel like it's one continuation. Like he starts off with a piece of work yeah. and he has these ideas and he kind of then continues some of these ideas onto his next films and stuff. Like, you know, my favorite film was Lost Highway. And I feel like that was almost like a rough draft for Mulholland Drive in some ways. Even though yeah. I love, I think Lost Highway is perfect as it is. But there's, yeah. you can see a lot of elements from Lost Highway that was then brought into Mulholland Drive. He, a good artist always borrows from its own work. Yeah. to uh, improve it right you know but that's what it reminded me of anyway i was like wow this reminds me of that that movie just that one part right and this this slim character uh he has hard he's hard to, he can't hear very well and he keeps yelling yes. and repeating stuff to me that's like hilarious i love that but it makes me think of gordon cole in twin peaks where yep. he can't hear and you're trying to communicate and it's funny that you, so you have this character in the movie in in the cowboy and the frenchman who can't hear and he can't communicate very well. And then you have this Frenchman who you can't communicate because <laughs> they speak a different language. So it's funny that like, there's definitely that theme going on about, about how do we communicate with each other. In the end, they all come together and they're all, you know, yeah. They yeah. All, but, and what do you think about, what do you think about uh, Michael Horse's part? It's a small part, but he's a Native American and he comes, at first he's kind of hiding. Yep. And <laughs> yeah. he, oh, it's interesting. He wanted money. He, so one of them owed him money, like 20 right. bucks. And I was like, what does a Native American need with money? He looks like he's out there hunting and, like, gathering. And, like, I don't – there's no time frame in this. Well, yeah. You don't know when – I mean, I guess you could figure out in the 50s, it feels like. But with David Lynch, you don't know. And I'm just interested. It's he more comes, of an honor thing. It's more of a thing that, hey, we, we – Yeah, you owe me 20 you, bucks. You owed it to me, and yeah. I feel disrespected and stuff. Yeah, but it was – yeah, I it was still, cool I, I think I said this in Michael Horst's interview there, but I still love that – Michael Horst's character trailed him for 10 days, kept tossing out snails, scared me. I just love that whole, I mean, there's this whole snail idea and it ends the, the I'm listening. And, and, and the film ends with a snail, I think. Yes, it, and it, it zooms in <laughs> on the snail. And when they pull the snails out, they go, oh, what are these? Right, right, like, right. They get all freaked out by the snails. Right. And then yeah. they, oh, and the cheese too, they had like cheese, like, oh, the, the cheese Jeez. is gone bad and stuff. Yep, but, yep. Uh, good stuff. And he kept going, hot, what is he, hot damn, what does he say? Yeah, hot, I don't get it. hot damn or something, and yeah. um, but it was so funny. So good. So I mean, where you can find this is uh, DVD. There's a DVD of uh, David Lynch's shorts. I actually got this uh, maybe 2001, 2002 from David Lynch's website. I'm sure it's. I think it's probably on Amazon, but it's all of uh, David Lynch's uh, shorts. You can watch the clip on YouTube. Yeah, it's on YouTube. It's well. on YouTube, right. and nobody's taking it down. Right. I didn't feel too guilty watching it off of YouTube. <laughs> um, but I read the comments, and it was really interesting. A lot of people loved it, and um, I don't think I read one negative comment. It was yeah. all positive, and a lot of people said they would watch it with their kids. And their kids thought it was funny. Yeah. Like, it plays out like a cartoon. It yeah. is a little crazy. And um, and just because I'm thinking of this, my other connection with Mohawk Drive, it's interesting to have a cowboy in that. Yes. I was thinking that. I didn't put that in my notes, but I remember thinking the same thing. Isn't that weird? It is. That he brought the whole co the cowboy thing into Mohawk Drive, which... That's out of left field for that. Because yeah. you, why would there be a cowboy? Right. And it's a symbolism thing, I know, but it's weird. They picked a cowboy. Right. And you had the 50s dancers. And then in this short, you had cowboys and 50s dancers. Cool. 
So he kind of, maybe he lifted those ideas into right. this, or he just liked it. Maybe he's just yeah. like, I like this, you know? Totally. And it was cool. It was cool. And I just want to make a comment about Frank Silva. So he was a second set decorator, and he was very involved. Like, he did more than just be a set decorator. He was working on costumes. He was working on the art and the location. So it, because it was such a sh- small shoot, he was very involved yeah. with it. And, uh, yeah, it's, so it's also interesting to think that, like, we always think about Frank Silva where, oh, he was in the pilot and he was in the mirror and that's how he became Bob. But then yeah. think, hey, he was he was working with Lynch before Twin Peaks. I mean, he he helped out on this project. So mm. Lynch already had a relationship, probably a close relationship because, I mean, it was a small a smaller crew. So it wasn't yep. like, it wasn't like, oh, I who is this guy in the mirror? It's like, hey, that's Frank. And hey, Frank, are you an actor? Yes, I am. We want to be this Bob character. So it's interesting to think that you, we have to sometimes step back and realize, hey, Lynch had had a working relationship with Frank yeah. before. And like he trusts him enough to put him in his work because uh, someone else could have just reshot that scene and yeah. taken that scene out. And that's what the ca- that's what the camera uh, uh, assistant wanted to do. They say, "Hey, this is no good. We we have to reshoot a Sarah Palmer uh, scene because mm-hmm. we saw uh, we saw Bob, Frank in the Frank wind- in the mirror." Yeah. And, stuff. and, <laughs> and I, what I love about Lynch, happy accidents. He's like, yeah. "Hey, no, that's exactly what I want. I want to keep it and let's use it somehow." Yep. Stuff. So, yeah. So that's that- how we do this podcast. <laughs> We do. It's Happy true. Accidents, Happy yeah. accidents. Oh man! So that was. I mean, that was just a little bit about uh, the the cowboy and the Frenchman. Mm. But that's I mean, cool. yeah, it was a cool thing. I think it's a funny, funny uh, film. I really. Yeah, I do definitely like check it. Yeah. it out if you haven't seen it. Totally. And well, the only other thing, I, I mean, you and I have a background in 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 film, video, and stuff yep. like that. And it was interesting. This film, I think, because it was only two days, you had a lot more wide shots. You had. I these, noticed that. Yeah, which I still love, and I, Lynch has done it. And even Twin Peaks, yeah. where you have just one shot for a long period of time, and you have uh, Michael Horse's character coming closer and closer and closer, and then they're even having a conversation. And usually, you would cut to a close up of, of somebody talking. Not and many close ups at all. No, um, it almost feels like um, um, a modern day version of the uh, like the old films where you. The camera was so big and heavy, you right. you frame it up, and yep. everybody has to do the acting in front totally. of that, right. and. The scene where the cowboys are, are getting the Frenchman, yeah. I was like, is he going to cut to them catching him? And they yes. didn't. Yeah. It went all the way in the background. Right. And they caught him and they brought it to the foreground. Yeah. And um, there wasn't a cut to there. That camera stayed right. behind the this, ranch. I mean, some, it, it's it's something nice about that in a way. Yeah, it's cool. Some people think it's amateurish because like, oh, why didn't you cut? Why didn't you do this? But there's something like we're so used to in this day and age, cut, 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 cut. And you have to, you know, I watch some of these shows where it's like, did you really have to cut that much? Like, couldn't you just enjoy that moment yeah. and stuff? So I liked it. And he does direct like a paint. He's a painter. Right. He's an artist. And his work shows it feels like you're looking at a, a moving painting. Totally. That's what, that, yeah. exactly. So I thought we could end the show with David Lynch talking about uh, this film. Yes. Cool. Yeah. This has been an awesome show. I think this is right up there with our interview with Kathleen Coulson. Definitely. I mean, Michael Horse is an amazing guy. It was so nice of him to take the time to talk with us. Yes. uh, Yeah. It's something I will always remember. I mean, you know, seeing him. Me too, yeah. Yeah, 25 years, I mean, I've been, you know, watching this guy act, and he's incredible. And, like, he's a hero. I mean, to me, he's one of the big heroes on Twin Peaks. Like, you know, he comes to the rescue, and he seems so wise, and he's mystical, and he's just a really cool guy. The unsung hero. Yeah. Yeah. So the character Hawk is a cool guy guy and michael horse came off as a really cool guy and uh thank you again for for your time michael 
Yeah. And before we end the show with the clip, um, you can check us out on Twitter. We're Twin Peaks at um, Twin Peaks Unwrapped on Twitter. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. We're getting more and more likes on Facebook. Just uh, look for us, uh, Twin Peaks Unwrapped. Check us out at TwinPeaksUnwrapped.com. Email us at TwinPeaksUnwrapped at gmail.com. Um, we like questions because I'm sure we'll do another feedback episode eventually. Yeah. Um, so get those in there, and we'll probably read them on there at some point. And also, what else am I missing? Oh, we are on Stitcher now. Awesome. I can announce that. We're officially on Stitcher. Um, and please rate us and leave comments for us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And one day, we can be in the top 50. Awesome. I stole my goal. Of Twin Peaks podcast. Right? On the, in, yeah. in 50. You know what I'm thinking? Maybe before the show launches, we might have, there might be an onslaught of Twin Peaks podcast coming out. Right. And, and that might help escalate our show along with other people's yeah. to get it up there. Because I noticed the trend on iTunes, X-Files is coming out, X-Files right. is up there. Oh, yeah. Star Wars, tons of Star Wars podcasts. Definitely. So. I, my goal is one day we'll be up there, and I, I have a feeling it probably will be right before the new show starts. Awesome. So so this podcast comes out every Wednesday? We've, yes. We've never missed a, a day, a, a Knock week. On we've wood. never missed a week. Over 30 weeks <laughs> we've been doing this show. And uh, we also, I mean, I think we'll talk more about maybe the next episode, but we also do the Twin Peaks Unwrap Paper, which comes out on uh, Mondays and Thursdays. And really, it's, yep. a, it's a community paper, so it's really other people's stories on Facebook, on twi- Twitter, uh, you know, we collect all that and we put it out and stuff, and it's, it's a fun... It's you a- post it on Twitter, and then I repost it on Facebook. Yeah. So you can check it out either way. Awesome. And I think in the future what I'd love to do is when we have some time uh, is maybe even take a story from the paper and and talk about it and stuff like that. That would be cool, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know... Highlight it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So awesome. So this is uh, David Lynch talking about the cowboy and the Frenchman. And the cowboy and the Frenchman came after Blue Velvet. And it came about because of a trip I took to Paris... And we went to a restaurant with a man named Daniel Toscan Duplantier. And it was in that restaurant that Daniel Toscan Duplantier asked me if I wanted to be part of a show, a TV show, called How I See the French, something like this. And he explained it, and there were six directors that he had in mind, and I was going to be one of them. And I thought, and then I said, Danielle, look, I don't have any ideas for this, and I really don't, you know, think so. And he said, fine. And on the way home to the hotel after the restaurant, after this dinner, I started getting these ideas. So when I got back to the hotel, I called him, and I said, I got ideas, and I want to tell you about them. And I told him, and he said, two cliches in one. <laughs>